listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Carolyn and I are going to take today's broadcast um, to talk about preparing your kids uh, to be a light in the darkness or in a dark world. And it's something, listen, it is something that more than ever needs to be dealt with and taught uh, because as you know from Bible prophecy, the closer that we get to the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches that the earth itself, the people in the earth, will become more and more wicked until the return of Jesus Christ. And we're seeing that now more than ever before. I mean, like mm-hmm. unbridled, unashamed wickedness throughout yeah. the whole world. People are just literally don't give a care. They, they don't They don't care. I, mean, I, don't you're, I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> People don't give a care. Um, but it, it's true. <laughs> it's absolutely I, true. They don't, they don't care. We're literally living. Good morning, Glenn good, and Denise. Love you guys. They're, they're living in a, we're living in a generation where it's open, open wickedness, uh, open corruption, and no, I mean, it's people are even proud of it. Like printed on shirts. No question. Like nasty stuff, sexual stuff printed on shirts that, you know, adults and kids can just walk into a store and buy. So it's just like Absolutely. It's literally just open perversion. Yeah. And and Jesus prophesied literally that that would be the case. Jesus prophesied that when his coming was drawing near, two things that really stuck out to me in prophecy is he said, number one, it would be like it was in the days of Noah. So if you go back to Genesis and you study the prophecies that Jesus is talking about, the days of Noah, the Bible says the earth became extremely corrupt and evil, so much so that violence filled the earth, the Bible says. Violence and corruption filled the earth. And uh, Jesus said, before I return, you're going to see that happening again in an extreme measure. Now, one thing I do want to say about this, because it's important you guys understand this, is that when you talk about Bible prophecy, it's important to understand that the things Jesus prophesied, it's not that they're going to be things, for the majority of the things he prophesied, it's not going to be that they're things you've never seen before in the world, right? So if you look at what Jesus said would be taking place, uh, pestilence, famine, wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, all these things that were signs of the end times. It's not that those things have never existed before. Obviously, that all of those things have been around since the beginning. But Jesus uh, uses this analogy of a woman who's about to give birth and that the earth is literally groaning for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ like a woman who's about to give birth. So when you understand the analogy of a pregnant woman that Jesus gives, you'll know that as, and you remember when you were pregnant uh, with our first child, Madeline, you know, that first time you started to feel contractions before birth at nine months pregnant or or more. 
And when you're a first time parent, well, you know, you go to full 10 months, right? It goes yeah. into 10. No, I was, I was nine days so, late with Maddie. So you remember, Way overdue. you remember that when, when you were first pregnant with, with Madeline, a lot of first time mothers, when they feel those contractions start happening, they're like, Oh, I got to get to the hospital right now. This baby's coming. And then when you get to the hospital, the nurses tell you, uh, go, you can go home. It's not happening yet. Don't come back until the contractions are five minutes apart. And so every time one of those prophetic events happens, it's like a contraction, uh, earthquakes, famines, wars, rumors of wars, all these prophetic things that Jesus spoke about, they're like contractions for a pregnant woman. But Jesus was not saying that they had never happened before. He was saying that as you see them increase in frequency, that this is a sign of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, I mean, you could look, I could do a whole broadcast here sitting today on, on prophecy. We could talk about the fact that there's been more earthquakes since World War II until now than in the history of the world that's been reported. You're always hearing about uh, um, terrorist attacks and things happening around the world, violence, gang violence, MS-13, all these different things. It is a sign of the coming of Christ. It's the days of Noah yeah. taking place again. But then Jesus said, it will also be like the days of Lot, the days of Lot. And so what that means is, and he's using the reference of when Lot was living in Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, and those cities, that those twin cities became so perverse that when angels came in to rescue Lot and his family, the men of those cities literally uh, demanded that Lot deliver the angels out into the city square so that the men of the city could have sex with them. It was so perverse. The Bible says that every man in the city came to Lot's house to demand that. So Jesus was speaking of a time where sexual perversion would take over throughout the earth. It's, a, it's what we're seeing today. It's literally what we're seeing happen today. Everywhere you look, people are not ashamed of sexual sin or sexual perversion. And now it's being forced on us, even in our public school systems, common core curriculum. Uh, I mean, if I showed you these things that they're doing, even in Europe uh, and now coming into the United States where, uh, you know, they're showing kids the best ways to touch themselves and uh, as my cousin was sharing the other day, there's curriculum now in health classes that they're pushing uh, on the best ways to have anal sex so that you don't hurt yourself and that can be it can be great for you. All these different things for, that they're teaching kids in health what? class. And so it's just a sign of the times. It's a sign of what Jesus said that, that yeah, it's a sign of what Jesus <laughs> prophesied that literally there would be... Um, sexual perversion and wickedness that would flood the earth before his coming. And so the reason we're talking about this today, about how to raise your children to be a light in the darkness, is because more than ever before, you're going to be met with an antichrist culture that is trying to push back against the things of God with everything it's got. And so you, you, you think about this, that even as you, you look at just basically the last five to six decades at the increase of lawlessness and perversion in America and around the world, and, and you'll see it, how, how quickly, and specifically you look at America, that you look just six, seven decades ago, and if you would have told people publicly the things that would be happening six decades later in America, Americans would have laughed at you. 
and said, there's no way that that stuff will happen in America. There's no way that could happen in the land of the free and the home of the brave. That's what they would have told you. Nobody would have believed it. But Bible prophecy is coming to pass. And the wickedness that Jesus prophesied would take place before his coming is actually happening right now. And if you think that the devil gets satisfied with just a certain level of wickedness, then you don't know the devil. If you think he's just satisfied with same-sex marriage being legal, or if you think he's just he's satisfied with where the, age, uh, the LGBTQ community is right now, you don't understand how the devil works. He'll not ever be satisfied with any level of wickedness. He'll continue to try to push more and more. You know, he won't be satisfied. You, you keep going further and understand that, uh, you know, even if something extreme were to take place, where like is true in other com- countries where it's legal to have your your little 7-year-old daughter taken and married off to some man or uh you know six men and three women want to get married or you know two men one woman and a goat you know whatever whatever it might be the right. devil still won't be satisfied with that that level of wickedness Mm-mm. he'll continue to push for more yeah. and that's bible prophecy the devil will take as much ground as you give him the devil will take as much ground as you give him. And it's important to understand that well, while the ultimate, church is here. His ultimate end goal is death for you. That's right. Because then you're on your way to hell. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what he wants. So he, like he's, like he's saying, it, it's, it's this cycle that's just going to continue to, people are like, it's going to get worse. There really is not going to be to a point where, it's like the worst ever because his end goal is just death. So once Correct. he beats you down, once he destroys your life, once he completely annihilates you, mm-hmm. death is just the next step. Right. And then you become part of hell. Yeah. It, there's never there's never going to be a level of wickedness that the devil looks at and says, you know what? That's that's enough. I, I've, yeah, done, because, I've done enough in America. Because he just wants to get you to death. So right. Whatever it takes to literally kill you. Right naturally kill you is like that that's his end goal so there's never like he said going to be this part where he's like i think i went a little too far yeah and sin (laughs) is a killer you know sin is a killer everything sin touches it kills in every area of life john john said it's it's hard enough being married to one woman not not to mention married to six women i always think that when i i don't know what solomon did well when i think of mormons i'm like dude what do you do Solomon with a thousand wives. I don't know what he do with a thousand wives. Ten wives out in Utah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy. And, and and the thing is this: you have to understand that the wages of sin is death, and it's not just spiritual death. Sin will kill your mind, yeah. and sin will kill your physical body. You know, just just abusing your body in sin. Look at somebody that's been on meth for ten years, and look at their physical body. Look at somebody that's been on drugs their whole life and look at their physical body. Yeah. Sin kills your body. Well, that's it kills your body. It, it kills your mind. It, he's thinking, oh, great. It's a bonus that you spiritually die. But for him, the enemy's ultimate goal is natural death for you. And so it is. And spiritual it, it, death. Yeah, but I'm saying. His, his ultimate goal is that you end up in hell. But that's what I'm saying. And, and on the way, spiritual he'll kill your death, body and mind. He'll mine. kill your body on the way there. So he'll do the spiritual death and then the natural death is just. And you remember, right nothing is sacred to Satan. You know, he doesn't care. It's not like the mafia, like the Italian mafia, they'll, they'll kill men, but not women and children. He, he, he delights in killing children. 
He delights in killing babies. He delights in killing, uh, doesn't matter, women. It doesn't matter. He delights. You know, you think he's going to sit there and say, well, you know, cancer is what I put on adults, but for kids, I give them chicken pox. No, he, he wants to kill kids. Compassion. So exactly. this is what I tell my kids and anybody. He is, he, he will never be a gentleman. He never acts like a gentleman. He has no levels. Like he said, you, oh, you're a child. Let me make this one a little less. Oh, right. this is an old person. You know, they can't take it as strong. He's no. going full force for any person. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter. Don't have any compassion for anything that represents the enemy in this world. No, no compassion whatsoever. You know, my kids, I, I don't let them go around saying they hate things. I just don't, I don't like it coming out of their mouth. But there's one thing I've always said. You can say you hate the devil. You can say you hate things that that are a, a contributed uh, by him. You hate sickness. Yeah. You hate disease. You hate fear, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. I let them say hate to because never give the devil any room, any compassion to have his leeway with you in your life, your children's life, your marriage, anything. Yep. And that's why it's so important that, you know, the church, the body of Christ be removed from the earth in the rapture because until we are removed, the Bible refers to us as the one who restrains the Antichrist. The one who restrains. The Bible says that he cannot even be fully revealed until the one who is restraining him is removed out of the way. The church is the one who is restraining him, not the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit in the church. You can't, remember this, you can't remove the Holy Spirit from any location. He's omnipresent. He yeah. is everywhere. Even when, remember this, even when the church leaves the earth, the Holy Spirit will still be here. Even when the church leaves, you can't remove him from an atmosphere. Right. He's omnipresent. But the church, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is holding back the spirit of Antichrist and ultimately the Antichrist from taking power and allowing prophecy to move forward and be fulfilled. So as long as we're here, remember, the devil will take as much ground and room as we allow him to take. Right. And Jesus said that uh, before he comes, you would see these things increasing heavily. And then remember this, as I taught a moment ago, increasing in frequency. So now it's like you can't even get through one news cycle hearing about something horrible that took place before that news cycle is yeah. overtaken with another story of something even worse that took place. If it's not one thing, it's another. It's one terrorist attack after another. It's one murder after another. It's one story of corruption after another. Why? Not because those things have never existed before, but because they're increasing in frequency like Jesus taught would happen. Like a woman about to give birth, the contractions get closer and closer together. And in the same way, the things Jesus prophesied would happen are getting closer and closer together, which means we're on the verge of the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is why more than ever, wickedness abounds, but thank God grace much more abounds. But remember this, that now we have children, you know, that are going out into the world that need to be trained, that need to be trained. Training your children, which is what this broadcast is about. Training your children is so vitally important that you can't just throw them out into the world without preparing them for what's to come. 
You can't just flippantly raise your children and hope they just catch on to how things go in life. It doesn't work that way. They'll end in failure. And if they end uh, any other way, it will not be because of your influence, but somehow they got a hold of somebody's teaching on the word of God. I don't want that to be the case. You've got to train. Training your children is what the Bible teaches. That does not mean just taking them to church or dropping them off at a Sunday school or a VBS. It's far more than that. Because understand, the church is not fully responsible for the welfare of your children and how they perform in life. But the parents have been given responsibility over those children. And the church may, may get access to my kids two to three hours a week, maybe more if we're in revival. But I have access to my children 168 hours a week. And so I'm going to take the time that I have as a parent and my wife has as a parent to train those children so that they know what to do in situations that they will face. And um, we're going to read a couple of verses to you, but I wanted you to see in Proverbs 22, and this is, to me, this is such a powerful scripture. Uh, and, and it's found in verse six. Listen to this. Proverbs 22, six. Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And even when he's old, he will not depart from it. And so understand, there's a way your children should go. And then there's a way your children could go. I want you to put that in the comments. I want you to put it in the comments section. There's a way my children should go. And there's a way my children could go. There's a way my children should go. And there's a way my children could go. And I'm going to make sure by faithfulness and parenting as a believer that my children go the way they should go, not the way they could go. Yep. Training, the action of teaching a person a particular skill or type of behavior. That's right. And, and we know that trainers, I mean, you see like The Rock. He didn't get his body because he doesn't train. Right. He has a, a set thing every day of the week that he's got to do in order to look a certain way. So the same thing that he's talking about, you have to train your children every day, certain things, so they will look a certain way, so they will say a certain thing, so they will believe the word of God says. You don't just give them a few Bible verses a week. It is done by your behavior, your actions, mm -hmm. leading by example, and letting them see the light of Jesus through you as yep. a parent, whether you're a single parent or married. The responsibility is on you as the parent to train your children. Absolutely. We've had people argue with us about this, saying, you know, it it's not it's not on us. It's you know, it's sometimes things happen, but that that's not the way this is a promise in Proverbs that if we do a certain action and take it and do what the word of God says, this will be the end result. It's a promise. You train, this will be an end result of your children. Absolutely. You train, this will be an end result of your children. No question. And and you know what's interesting about it is that I mean, I'm just blown away by people. You read the you read the text. You literally read the text. There's no room for misinterpretation. It says when they get older, they will not depart. It doesn't say they might not depart. Right. So we have to take this strong stance of responsibility that says, 
you know, because here's what happens. People look at the way other people's children have turned out and say, well, they went to church. See, it doesn't always happen for everybody. You've got to take the strong stance of responsibility <clears throat> and say, if something doesn't turn out the way the Bible says that it should, then it's something we did wrong on our end, not God's end. It's not God's fault if things go wrong. We have to be obedient to the mighty word of God, and then we see and the result. And we didn't see everything. We weren't exactly. with them and their family day in and day out to see how things were handled, what was done, what was said. Yep. So don't, you know, it, it, it's the same for Christians and, and healing. Mm -hmm. You know, people will say, well, maybe God doesn't heal everybody or this and that. It's You can't look, of, look at that. Uh, yes, they're a Christian, but you don't know every inside and outside detail. You just have to know what the word of God says on that subject, on that topic. Yep. And that's what you go by. Exactly. So just like you keep your blinders on when you're dealing with somebody with healing or your own body, you keep your blinders on when it deals with your own family. Absolutely. This is what the word of God said that's going to happen if I do this step. And then this is how my kids are going to turn out. And it's just like we always say, someone else's story isn't going to be our story. Yep. You do what's right. And and if you're watching this and you've had kids that maybe are gone away or there's things that they've done, you know, don't get hard on yourself because the thing of God with the word of God is everything's fixable. There's things in life that maybe were told to you that aren't fixable or it's too late. You hear mm. that a lot. It's too late. They've gone too far. Or I, you know, maybe you didn't raise your kids in a Christian atmosphere, but now you are saved. Everything is fixable. Everything the Holy Spirit can fix and, and they can come to Christ or there can be a complete turnaround. Absolutely. So when you're watching this, don't get down on yourself if you are a parent that was like, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah. That is the enemy. Anytime you have to dwell on your past and your past makes you feel bad, mm -hmm. that is a sure sign that the enemy is speaking to you and not the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Because the Bible wants everything to be fixed and everything can be made whole. That's why he died on the cross. Yeah. So if you're dealing with, I shoulda, woulda, coulda, that's completely the enemy. Yeah. he only operates in the past. That's all he knows, that the information he has. And he's the accuser of the brethren, the Bible says. He's always looking to accuse you for something wrong you did. Uh, Tyler makes a great point and is asking, I find many church kids have a form of godliness, but not a real relationship with Jesus. How do you help them to truly know Jesus rather than just be religious? As I said, too, that's something that the parents really have to But that's have all within to do. the home. It is. It's not the church's responsibility fully right. to make sure children are not religious, but have a form of godliness. Uh, the, obviously, the church has to set an example of true godliness that, that allows the Holy Spirit to move, that desires the presence of God and seeks after the Lord. But the, the parents themselves have to reinforce that uh, with their children. I could go to an on-fire church and be not on fire, and my children most likely, because of living with me, seeing my actions, seeing how I respond to the anointing, they're going to be just like me. And that's what I've seen with so many families in church. You could go to a Pentecostal on fire church. And if you're not hungry for it, your children will watch and inherit the actions that you take and will actually model your behavior instead of what they should do. And it's part of this training. Yeah. Remember this. What's happening Monday through Saturday? Remember this. We're not just actively training our children. We're passively training our children. And that's, that's huge. That, that's something people never tap into. We're not just actively 
training them. We're passively training them, which means even in the times that we're not making a point to train them, they're being trained by what they see us do, how they see us react to uh, situations, how they see us talk to others. We're not in a moment where we're training them, but they're being trained passively because they're watching our reactions. That's why it's so important to be on top of your game because your kids are absorbing from you, absorbing from you what you're doing. You had said something about that recently that uh, uh, in one of your podcasts. What was that quote oh, you had? That they will acquire appetites for the life-giving things of God by what you value. Yeah. So what is your appetite for the things of God? What Are, are you praying? Are you fasting? Are yeah. you seeking after the things of God? Are you tithing? Are you giving offering on top of tithe? Are you teaching them faith? Are mm-hmm. you showing them about God's divine healing? Like what are you talking to them about? Right. What are you imparting to your children? Absolutely. So they will acquire that same appetite mm-hmm. when they see mom mom and dad doing it yeah when they see you know oh wow well mom and dad are always so joyful mom and dad are always getting blessed mom and dad and they start to acquire that i've gotten to the point where i don't have to tell my children um to be a blessing to somebody they just naturally have a hunger yeah and a desire to do it we were just recently at a meeting at one of our meetings in west virginia and there was one night where bus kids came in yeah my kids weren't even sitting with me. I was sitting up front with, with little Teddy, and my older kids were sitting in the back with their cousins. Well, after service, Maddie comes running up to me, and she had her Bible with her, and she said, Mom, I felt to give a Bible to one of the girls. It was She, she, she described her. She's wearing an orange shirt. She's got her hair in a bun and this and that. And so I asked her, I quizzed her. I said, well, why do you feel to give this to her? You know, I want her to, I want her to feel... And describe to me the Holy Spirit's voice. Because if you don't teach your kids to listen to that voice at an early age, it gets harder and harder as the world gets more around them. And there's other voices and there's other things going on and their time is taken up more. Here she doesn't have her time taken up as much as when she gets older with more responsibilities. Right. So she's got to hear that voice. Well, she said, I just, I felt to. I heard the Lord tell me to do it. And she's like, and I slipped a $5 bill in the Bible and I wanted to give it to her. <laughs> and so that was not me telling her to do these things. But she has seen her father and I constantly give Bibles away, bless people with right. money for no reason. Uh, you know, just because we feel to. Right. So she's heard us say that so many times and watched by example that when we're at this meeting and I'm not even with her, now she's asking permission to go find a child yeah. who's coming in off the streets, coming in from a drug-induced neighborhood where she wants to give her her Bible. And I said, oh, Mo Maddie, that's your, your church Bible. And I just, not because I don't ever want to give, but I like to hear the reaction. And she says, oh, I have another Bible at home. I've got my big green Bible. Bible that I read with in the morning, you know, I'll just, I'll start taking that to church. Mm-hmm. Great. Give, give her the Bible, give her money, show her what it is to be a legit Christian Absolutely. and go do it. But they've learned that by me teaching them and training them. This is what the Holy Spirit sounds like. Mm-hmm. This is the voice of God. Be a and yep. do it. And so by our actions, now it's leaked into our children and don't they always want to do Every time we have a guest getting ready to come to our house or something, it's mm-hmm. what? I got to go make them something, yeah. right? And so they're constantly making stuff for people and giving things away. I mean, then and we were at another church and Maddie's like, this little girl didn't have offering. So yeah. what I was going to do is I split my money 
and and gave her some of my offering and then I gave. Mm-hmm. And then another and then another night she comes to me and she's like, "Oh, mom, did you see that girl over there? I gave her $10 tonight just because." I mean, like Teach your kids to do this yeah. now, to release things in their life that would seem important to them that they know that they will get back by being a giver. That's right. There's my dad on today who trained me in the way that I should go. My mom trained me in the way that I should go. It's important to have a desire to see your children successful in the kingdom of God, successful in the things of God. And um, it's very important. One of the things that I want you to see from scripture is found in Psalm 127, Listen to this. This is so, so important that you catch this principle. The Bible says in verse three and four of Psalm 127, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Verse four, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies at the gate. So so catch this. The Bible likens your children to arrows, not a sword. Arrows, not a sword. And there's a reason for that. There's a very, very important reason for that. Your children are not a sword. They're not a blunt weapon. They are a weapon of accuracy. I want you to see this. So when you take an arrow out of your quiver and you knock the arrow to the string of your bow... Any hunters know this. When you pull it back, obviously, you are taking great care to aim that arrow. So number one, I want you to see this today. According to scripture, your child is an arrow. An arrow must be aimed. And I want you to pop that in the comments section. Every person that's watching, YouTube, Facebook, or Periscope, an arrow must be aimed. Yeah. I want you to pop that in number one. Your children must be aimed. You have to be looking to push them towards a goal. My children must be aimed. Arrows must be aimed. You've got to have an aim with your children. There's got to be an end goal with your children. You can't just say, well, I just hope they, ch- they grow up to be good. What does that mean? That's a relative term. Everybody's definition of what's good and what's acceptable is relative. An arrow must be aimed. My children must be aimed. I'm sending them towards a target. That's the point. I'm sending my kids toward a target. And the target is defined by God's word. Remember this. You're aiming your children at a target, but the target is defined by God's word. So what I want my kids to look like when they grow up is defined by what a man or a woman should look like according to the word of God, in the kingdom of God. And so nobody gets there by accident. Nobody arrives at a destination by accident. You can't get there accidentally. Not in the kingdom. You've got to make a strategy from God's word and aim those children at a target that's defined by God's word. The second thing you've got to remember about this analogy is that not only are your children arrows that must be aimed but notice what you do once that arrow is in a bow you pull the string back which means arrows don't fly on their own arrows don't fly on their own they need external force to fly they need external force to fly 
That could be called impartation. When you pull the string back on a bow and release it, you are literally imparting strength to an arrow for it to fly its desire, to its desired location. So when you are pulling that string back, you are adding your own strength and your own force to that arrow. And when you release it, see, by the time you release your children, you should have already imparted your strength to them. You should have already imparted your wisdom to them. You should have already imparted your anointing to them so that now as they fly, they're flying with your wisdom. They're flying with your strength. They're flying with your anointing and they will hit their target that you've defined from the word of God. So it's not just that they must be aimed, but there's got to be force added behind that child. What is the force? And that's what we're kind of dealing with today is not just we're aiming them. How do we add that force? And I want you to pop that in the comments, those of you that are watching. I've got to add force to my arrow. I've got to add force to my arrow. How do you add force to your children? How do you, how do you actually impart strength, wisdom, and anointing to them that pushes them out into their successful purpose that God's called them to live in? That's the question. Because there's many, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a desired goal. You know, it'd be like, you know, you can have a target and never hit it. Let me say it that way. You can have a target and never hit it. We've seen that before. It'd be a good aim. You, you could put a target out there and just keep that arrow in your bow and say, man, I'd love to hit that target. I wish this arrow would land in the bullseye of that target. Doesn't matter. You could even aim it. You could even aim that arrow and say, man, it would be great if this arrow hit that bullseye of that target. Wouldn't that be great? I'd love it to happen. I would really love this arrow to be sticking in the bullseye of that target. But until you pull it back, and until you release it, it'll never hit the target. So the key is, how do you impart that force to a child so that they fly directly toward the target God has planned for their life? That's what we're talking about. How do we add force to our children? How do we impart strength? How do we impart wisdom? How do we impart anointing to our children? And there are several things that Carolyn and I talked about today we want to share with you about how to ensure Righteousness. Righteousness. <coughs> Excuse me. Side note. Yes, Jen. Keep your children giving. Keep yeah. they're all you'll always see a return. But you know what? It's just like when you plant real seed, it takes time. Let it water. Let their confession be watering over it. Tell them to keep giving and they'll they'll see it back. You can't it, it's been proven too many times by the, the seed time and harvest principle that it, it won't go wrong, but keep your confession strong with your kids. Keep them excited about giving and let their faith grow and let their confession water the seed and they'll, they'll see it back. They'll never, they'll never be disappointed. Teach them to keep giving tithes and offerings. Absolutely. No question about it. And teach them from a young age. Like when I, even when I was a youth pastor, I would have other youth pastors call me and say, Hey, do you, um, do you teach your youth on, on giving and tithe and offering? And do you take offerings in your youth group? Man, I would take 30 to 40 minutes to teach them and train them. And my youth began to benefit from it. They st started to increase, getting jobs, getting promoted at 17, 18 years old, even above older people with more uh, seniority at their jobs. It's important to put those principles in. And yes, God will give them actual money back. 
Absolutely. S- same reason we we do tithes and offerings. Yeah. Because we're sowing money, we want money back. So it it's this same for kids. There's no like age limits. Not seeing nope. different in the kingdom. No. Nope. We the same thing we do when we want a, a financial harvest. Yeah. We give a financial seed. Exactly. So your kids too. They're giving a financial seed. They're gonna see a financial harvest. God honors principles, not ages. Remember that. God honors principles, not ages. Doesn't matter if your kid's five. The Bible says, whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. It doesn't say if he's 18. It says, whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. Doesn't matter your age. If you obey the principles of God's word, they work no matter what age you are. So we want to give you quickly four things that you can do to add force to your children as they're being released into this world and to encourage them to be someone who impacts their generation and not someone who is impacted by their generation. There's a big difference between somebody who makes changes and who gets changed by their circumstance or their surroundings. My children will not be changed by a wicked world. My children will not be affected by a wicked world. They will affect a wicked world. They will change a wicked generation by their faithfulness to the kingdom of God. So let me give you, and my wife with me, we're going to give you four things that you've got to do to impart strength and force and anointing to your children before you release them into the world. Number one is this, is train them to love righteousness. Train them to love what is good, what is righteous. Train them to hate what is wicked. So number one, train them to love righteousness and hate wickedness. And you know, a way you can do that is to teach them to fear the Lord. Right. I did a whole podcast on it because when I was reading, I mean, there's tons of scriptures all throughout the Bible on fearing the Lord and people get it mixed up where you have to think of God or, you know, Jesus, all of it as this big, scary thing. And he's out to punish you if you do something wrong, but it has nothing to do with it. Not at all. Fearing the Lord is honoring. It's showing respect. respect and reverence to the things of God. And the thing is, you don't have to harp so much on uh, the bad things, the evil things, the sin the and benefits. all this. But if you teach them the the other side of it, yeah. if you teach them to fear the Lord, right. to show honor and respect to his name, to his word, yeah. to his promises, to his house, yeah. then that will your kids will know when something is wrong right. to not act that way. I always found it interesting too that God always used the uh, the positives for obedience first before he revealed the negatives for disobedience. Yeah. Which means God wanted his people to serve him because they knew the blessing that would come from serving him obediently versus the curses that would fall from disobeying him. Look at Deuteronomy 28. It's a perfect example where he's laying out the blessings and cursings to the children of Israel for their obedience. He starts by telling them, all of the powerful blessings that will come upon their life when they hearken diligently and obey the voice of the Lord their God. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14, he doesn't mention any curse, any negative thing, any wicked thing. He mentions every way that he'll bless, increase them, and advance them. And then, not until he's done talking about the blessings, does he get into talking about what happens through disobedience. The reason for that is because the Bible says, 
in Hebrews 11 and verse 6 that um, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And they that come to God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. God's nature is that he wants to reward you. God's nature is that he is a rewarder. And that's the whole point. He wants you to do things based on his nature of reward, not on fear that you'll be cursed for your disobedience, but on knowing he has a reward for me if I'll just obey him. Yeah. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land, Isaiah 119. Well, that's like what I had a, a mom come to me about a young child talking about how they're going through this thing where uh, everything they're kind of saying is a lie, but then the little kids will be like, well, I'm just joking. And she was really getting frustrated at how do I teach my children this? And then she would be like, you know, and then I come to find out she's always calling her kid a liar. Like you're lying, you're lying, you're lying. And it's like, I said, let's flip this. Let's not constantly speak over your kid. You're a liar. And that's all they hear or lie, lie, lie. Let's teach them the benefits right. of telling the truth. Let's teach them, you know, this is pleasing to God and you'll be a rewarder of, of these blessings. Let's do this. And this is what will happen. It says to fear the Lord and to hate evil here in Proverbs, and you'll live a long and prosperous life. So let's teach them the benefits, just like I teach my kids about honoring uh, their father and I, and how they'll live a long and satisfying life. They'll live, you know, happy and healthy and strong and full of strength and full of joy if they honor their parents. Let's yeah. teach them the benefits of it. Let's not always go from a disciplinary uh, standpoint on Right. Come at them with love and teach them the rewards of living yep. a certain way for the Lord. And teach them how to hear the voice of their spirit to love righteousness. N teach them to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in their own belly. You know, we, we tell, we've trained Maddie now, she's the oldest, but we train her like, you know, you can't guard your children a hundred million percent and shelter them for their entire life. And so... You know, you can lock them in a dark room if you want them to come out weird and, you know, not how to interact with anybody. But understand, you're not going to be able to guard. And, of course, we do everything we can through technology and everything to guard our children from wicked things and evil and, and all that. But even, like, take an example of something even like kids' YouTube. You know, for those of you that aren't parents or you may not know, YouTube has a separate app for kids called Kids' YouTube. And it's only supposed to be content that is uh, appropriate and suitable for children. And, uh, but even within kids' YouTube, there's stuff that we don't want our kids to watch. Yeah. that aren't even safe judging what's okay for your kids. Right. So even in there, there might be things that we're not okay with uh, in kids' YouTube. But I'm not going to watch every single video before my daughter watches it on kids' YouTube. You know, I would never be able to do anything in my life. And, there, you know, it's not that every video's got questionable things. But one thing we did it teach... It might be a way that we don't speak. Right. We don't call names. We don't say stupid and we don't right. say jerk and we don't say all these yeah. things. So it could be as something as small as that, that we hear that a, a show keeps saying or a cartoon keeps referencing. And so that's something, you know, we don't even like. But what we do is what we teach Madeline and all, all you know, Brooklyn and Teddy, that if there's something in there that, you know, daddy and mommy would not like or that Jesus wouldn't like you turn it off and go to something else. And we've embedded that into her spirit for however many years now. And there's times, even earlier on, years ago, where she'd come 
to Carolyn or me and say, you know, there was something on there. I turned it off because, remember that the first time she started doing that? It was a show that her friend, that's not a bad friend, was able to watch and Maddie got into it and I said, I don't know about, you know, and, and you want, you want to teach them, like he's saying, to listen to their spirit. So I could have said, turn that off right now. We don't watch that. But instead, I like to, like I said, I like to test Maddie. I like to see where, what she can hear. So I said, I don't know if daddy would like that or, you know, Jesus or whatever and this and that. And at first she was like, you know, it, it's okay, mom. It's not a bad show. And then like the next day, she must have thought about it, heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, watched something else. And she came to me and she's like... I'm I'm done with that show. It wasn't it wasn't for me. Like she just you know she kind of like you know brushed it off. But yeah. you gotta you gotta let them have a chance. Now obviously if if it kept going on, I would have stepped in because I do hear you know differently than my daughter at this age. I would have said you know what, yeah. Maddie, we're just not we're not going to do that. But gotta give them a chance to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit because they have to distinguish that voice. Right. They have to know what that voice sounds like. So when they hear that sound again, they're like, okay, I've heard this before. Mm -hmm. It has helped me. It has saved me. It has, it has led me on the right path. That is the voice of God. And I, I want to be obedient. I want to be pleasing to the Lord. Yeah. And it's not pleasing that I watch this show. Well, I, I, want, I want our children also to be able to hear that voice when it's a YouTube show Versus when they have to go get involved in a relationship with somebody mm -hmm. or, or go with something that's actually life altering, you know, I say, like, well, my parents never trained me to hear the voice of the Lord. So I didn't even see this coming. No, I want their spirit to be trained to hear what the Lord is saying before it's something that's life altering, something that's serious, something that's uh, going to be much more involved than a YouTube show. And so the, you train your children. What are you doing? You're aiming them at a target. I want them to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. So what am I doing? Training them to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit so that when they are released and if the Lord tarries, they're out of our house, then they will begin to make decisions because they've understood we value making decisions based on hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. So as I release them from this house, they will then make decisions based on what they hear in their spirit, not right. what looks like in the natural, not what other people are saying to do, not by the popular opinion, but by what the Holy Spirit is saying. And it will cause them to be extremely successful in life because the Holy Spirit leads and guides you into all truth. The Bible says he's the Lord your God that teaches you to profit and leads you in the way that you should go, Isaiah 48, 17. So God is always teaching us to profit, teaching us to go the way that we should. And when our children learn that, they will profit in all things. They will continue to profit in all things. So number two, uh, not just teach them to love holiness, righteousness, godliness, uh, and their, teach their spirit to love it and to hear it. But number two, teach them to value God's word, God's written word. Teach them to read it. You know, this is one of the reasons that we launched Miracle Word Kids is because we wanted to get kids involved at a young age, reading the word of God and getting involved in the things of the spirit at a, uh, a very young age. You understand? So it's, it's, it's very important 
it's very important that we uh, teach them to understand, number one, the power of God's word, but to be faithful to God's word on a daily basis. Yeah. Faithful. You know, that's why we started with Maddie. Oh, I was just going to say, that's why we started Miracle Word Kids and having a Bible reading uh, mission every month and something different because it gets them into... Uh, the the word of God on a deeper level rather than a surface level. We know lots of kids, you know, you you memorize Bible verses in church and you've got John 3, 16 down and you've got, you know, certain set scriptures that pretty much everyone knows. Right. And not that they're bad, they're powerful, but we need to go go deeper. So like one thing I've done with uh, the kids is we'll pick topical things and I'll have Maddie with a, a journal. I'll say, all right, well, we're here's some verses I want to pull out with you that are on being a peacemaker in the home. Sometimes, you know, we have to learn that when we have siblings. So I want her to see what the word of God says about someone who is a peacemaker. What are the benefits of being a peacemaker? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the benefits of understanding healing in the word of God and having faith for it and believing and speaking confession? Yeah. So you, like you said, it's, it's good to go deeper, Mm -hmm. have them, have them pick out a scripture on a certain topic. One of the best ways that I study and learn the word of God for me, and isn't it called something when you do it top, is it just topical Topical Bible study? Yeah. So topical Bible study for me is, is my favorite thing Mm -hmm. because I'll take a certain thing on joy or healing or peace or or, you know, anything like that and break it down. And I'll try to find ver- verses, you know, verses that I, you know, I, that I do know because I grew up in church and that I've always heard. And obviously you can read a scripture that you've known your whole life and get a new revelation and wisdom on it. But I also try to grab things that I haven't seen before yeah. and get that embedded in my spirit. And that's an important thing we do for our kids. And that's one thing that got, you know, Maddie said, you know, she started Miracle Word Kids because she'll say, Daddy, as if I'm separate. She goes, Daddy had Miracle Word Ministries. <laughs> She's like, Mom has nonstop mom. We want to do something. Yeah. So that's really how Miracle Word Kids got started because Maddie, you know, I still have to read Brooklyn's reading, but for her to really read it faster and get fluency. You know, I have to do my devotions and stuff with Brooklyn still, but Maddie gets up in the mornings and she does Mm -hmm. her reading and she was doing all this stuff before Miracle Word Kids. And we just decided to get other kids involved and having a hunger to read the Bible. To realize, you know, at first we had to make Maddie read the Bible. It was, you're not getting your iPad, you're not doing this until you do the word of God. Right. And to a point where it became a natural thing for her that we didn't have to keep saying that anymore. It just knew when I woke up, I had breakfast or I, I read while I ate breakfast and then I start school. Absolutely. So it became a routine for because we made her do it at first and it became a hunger. So she's learning things. She's coming to me. Well, what does this mean, mom? Or what are they talking about here? And that's why I really enjoyed this month's uh, Bible reading thing with Luke is I was able to go through each chapter and pull out things that weren't like the normal questions. Like what was Jesus's mom's name? Or, you know, how many wise men showed up? Like it was, you know, because there's a lot of parables in, sure. in the gospel and you want kids to see you know I had to teach Maddie the other day about the rich young ruler because she got onto that chapter mm-hmm. and she was asking like well he what was he gave up all his possessions and this and that and I had to explain to her that God wants you blessed he right. wants you to have possessions yeah but he tested that guy for a second and said are you willing to give all that up to follow me mm-hmm. I want you 
do you have an attachment on your possessions to to get rid of it so you can follow me? And the guy couldn't do it. So I had explained to Maddie that the whole Bible teaches about God blessing you right. and giving you uh, not just spiritual blessings, but actual possessions you can hold in your hand while you're here on earth. But where's your heart? Yeah. So the whole parable was on where does your heart stand? And I was able to sit and teach my nine-year-old that God wants you blessed. Because if you just read that without any understanding, because people do it all the time. Yep. They're like, God doesn't want you to have anything. He said, sell it all or follow me. And it's yeah. like, it's not that. He wanted to test your heart. Where right. was your heart? Exactly. Did you give up your stuff? Were you so materialistic that you can't give it up to follow Jesus? Exactly. Or you can follow Jesus and have it all. Absolutely true. So I was able to sit there and talk to her about where's your heart? And yeah. so that's a thing that gets the kids deep into the word of God where they can see that God wants you to have it all mm -hmm. and follow him. And by following him, you will have it all. I want to answer this question. Sarah asked, do you have any good books for learning how to hear the Holy Spirit? I never had this taught to me as a child. Now I need to teach my children. One of the best books uh, is by uh, Brother Kenneth E. Hagan, who's gone home to be with the Lord. But he wrote a book called How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. That book's available. It's still in print. Uh, you should be able to get it on Amazon or I'm not sure if there's an ebook copy on Apple Books or Kindle, but How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God by Kenneth Hagin, one of the best uh, books on that subject that you can get. Uh, Maddie is nine years old, getting ready to be 10 years old. That's exactly right, Herb. It's not the same uh, America or, or world that the previous generations grew up in. Things are changing as we're getting closer uh, to the return of Jesus Christ. Thanks, let's, Lisa. <clears throat> that means a lot. Let me let let's hit you with the two more of these quickly before we pray for you and your children. Um, number number two uh, was teach them to value God's word. Number three is teach them to have a prayer life and a confession life. Teach them to speak words of faith over their life. That's why we develop the confession that we're sharing with your children uh, from Revelation chapter five. We want your kids to understand what it means to confess things that the word of God says over their own lives, even if they don't feel it or see it yet. You know, I am powerful. Well, you may not mm -hmm. feel powerful. You may not look powerful, but the word of God says you are powerful. I'm wealthy. You may not be in a place of wealthy, uh, uh, wealthy living yet. You, know, you may not see wealth manifested in your life yet, but you say it anyway, because God's word says it about you. I'm wealthy. Yeah. I'm wise. Well, I mean, our kids, they don't have their own money yet. They live right. off the blessing of how we live our lives. Right. But because they're be saying it now, when they are on their own, when mm -hmm. they are making their own money, when yep. they are having their own responsibility, financial responsibility, they'll, they'll already be grounded in that confession mm -hmm. that I am wealthy. So when they do have the time to make money on their own, right. they'll already be leaps and bounds ahead with that confession. And then teaching them to have a prayer life and teaching them how to pray. You know, that's why we understand uh, the importance of basing your prayer on the word. And we give you prayer points to, uh, to enhance your prayer life and all the things we're making available to you. The same is true for the kids. Carolyn's going to be hard at work. Um, uh, even for moms, you know, putting together something for moms to read, how you can pray over your kids topically. How do I pray for my kids? What do I teach them about fear, about love, about faith, about, you know, all these different topics. How do we do that so that we can teach it to our children and understand it ourselves and pray in that direction? Teach your kids to base their prayer on the word of God. 
and teach them how to pray powerfully. You know, they, your kids, we even catch our kids because you can't let them go into um, cruise control mode. You know, kids will try to whip through a prayer and they don't even know what they're praying about. And bedtime, like, Father, bless this food to my body. I mean, they've uh, done uh, that before. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, uh, we're not even eating. Yeah, what do you to, Don't speed through your prayers. And when they, one of the things that I've been very careful about, even though it might be late and uh, I don't necessarily, um, you know, I know it may be late and you get to the place where um, you're tired and you just want to go to bed and you might be, um, tempted to kind of speed through bedtime and just put them, uh, you know, put them to bed and get out of there. And you might want to pray a quick prayer over them and go to bed. I want my kids to hear me praying genuinely to the Lord. I want them to hear me praying genuine prayers. And that's, I feel like that's so very important, praying genuine prayers in front of your kids so that they don't hear you speeding through prayer or, or, or anything like that, but they hear you actually Praying genuinely towards the Lord. And then finally, let's hit this. Um, teach them that it's okay to be different in the world we're living in. Teach them that it's okay to be different in the world we're living in. That's so vital that you don't have to look like the crowd. You don't have to look like everybody else looks. Yeah. It's all right. You should be different. You should look different than the rest of the world. You should look different than others that don't serve Jesus. You should look different than those that are not in the kingdom of God. And it's okay to look different and to be different. Right. No That's question. one of the things, especially teaching girls, is so vitally important mm -hmm. to not let the cares of what other people say, you know, that's one thing I, I, I encourage my girls and I let Maddie do her own thing. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm not sure, you know, what you're doing right now with right. that fashion <laughs> statement, but you know what? I want you to be confident in what you're doing because later on in life, you know, and that, and that reminds me when I say confident is, you know, love on your children. You can mm -hmm. never love on them too much. Yeah. You know, it's funny when, when people have babies, and I heard this when I had a baby, was uh, don't hold them too much. Like, then you'll never be able to put them down. It's like, but I birthed you, and I don't want to put you down. Right. I, I want to hold you. Yeah. You are an infant. Yeah. <laughs> and I won't hold you when you're 21 <laughs> years old. Right. So let me hold you now, and let me be that comfort. Let me be that protection for you. And when you love on your children, yeah. and you compliment your children, don't don't be berate them for every little thing. Right. Don't get on their case for every little thing. Remember, they Absolutely. are kids. Let them be kids and they're going to, you know, sometimes say something silly or do something silly. Let them be a kid. Don't get on their case about every little thing. More worried about what other people think yeah. rather than what, how your children feel. Because the more you feel, make them feel protected, make them feel loved, make them uh, with compliments, yeah. they will not search for it outside of the home. That's right. Ted is always kissing, always loving, always... I don't know, touching them, feeling them, hugging them, wrestling no. them. They're never going to feel like they have to get a compliment outside of this house. Right. I mean, aren't they? They're always asking us, like, yeah. want, they want his approval for everything. They want my approval for everything. And it, and we're going to give it. We're going to make sure. I love when Teddy comes to me and Teddy's like, Dad, I got these shoes on. Do I look cool? Yeah. He says that to other. All Do that, I look cool? He and I'm like, you look know. so cool. Yeah. So You're the he, coolest boy. He, he, they're going to get it from home. 
that they won't need assert it. When they get older, these girls, you know, teenage girls, my kids will never feel like they need a boy to mm-hmm. tell them they're pretty That's right. or they're cool or they need to do something else or change their behavior. My girls are so grounded and rooted in, in who they are yep. that I do not... I do not no. feel like that they're going to have to get they that won't from need a it. teenage boy. They'll not need it. And so we're going to take a minute at the end of this to pray uh, with you, believe God for you and your children. Uh, it's so vitally important that you aim them, that you put force behind them and release them into the kingdom uh, with the power of God. But we want to pray right now for every person watching and those listening on the podcast. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for every parent maybe even those that are single parents, Father. Strengthen them today to raise their children in the power of God and the anointing of God. And we thank you, Lord, that as they do what the word of God teaches to do, that as they train them up, that they take actionable steps to train them in the things of God, that these children will never depart from the presence of the Lord in Jesus' wonderful name. Never depart. They'll become strong and mighty in the kingdom of God. We thank you, Lord, for that. We give you honor and we give you praise. Give us wisdom to raise our children in a godly manner. Give us wisdom to do things maybe were never done for us. Maybe we came from families that never had that same influence. But give us godly wisdom. Your word teaches that if we'll ask you for wisdom, that you'll give it to us and you won't rebuke us for asking. So give us wisdom, Lord, to raise our children in the things of God. We thank you for it. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, I want to encourage you, those of you that are watching uh, the broadcast, uh, we put out a challenge at the beginning of this uh, Christmas season before the end of December, we're believing God, this uh, studio, that's why we're in a different room. Our studio is under construction. That's why we've even had some uh, technical difficulties here and there. People have been here at the house working, tearing up floors. We're getting floors put in. We're getting soundproofing put in, getting everything ready for television in 2020. And so we're believing God for that. We put out a challenge. We're believing God for $10,000 to come in before the end of this year. And uh, we've already had about 2,500 come in. So we're believing for eight people to give 1,000 or uh, we're believing also for 80 people to give 100. There's several ways you can do that. And so today you can do it online at miracleword.com and you can click the give button right on the site. You can actually use Cash App and our cash tag is MWGive, MWGive. You can use PayPal info at miracleword.com or if you're watching on Periscope or Facebook, you can put hashtag donate in the comments section and give right here on Facebook or Periscope as well. We say thank you so much. We love you and we appreciate you. Exciting news. The magazine is shipping out today. Shipping out today to everybody that's on the list. If you're not, you can get a later shipment of the magazine uh, by going to miracleword.com forward slash live and signing up um, on the website to receive it. And every time an issue comes out, you'll get it absolutely free. I'm so pumped about this edition. It's the biggest one we've ever released. We've got stuff uh, for the kids in there. I'm so, so excited. It's going to be the best that we've ever done. And if you are in another country, we do send that digital. I know some people will say, I haven't gotten my magazine, but... 
It's not coming overseas, in snail mail to Africa. So. Yeah. If you're overseas, we, we create for you a digital version yeah. of the magazine. And if you we didn't get you. a digital version version and you are overseas, just contact our office at Jenna at MiracleWord.com or info at MiracleWord.com. You can find that all on the website. Yep. And we'll make sure to get that to your email immediately. And everybody that signs up, obviously, is going to get this free uh, ebook devotional, 40-day ebook devotional, Praise, Laugh, Repeat, How to Live in the Power of Overwhelming Joy. And uh, it's awesome. I, I love it. And we, and we got a new book coming out very, very soon. I'm putting the finishing touches on it. Can't wait for you guys to see it and get it in your hands. But we love you. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. A Merry Christmas. And uh, we appreciate every single one of you. And we'll see you again tomorrow morning, 1030 a.m. We love you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.